You're listening to the Mr. Sensational Kino Freedom Podcast on the Odyssey Robots Radio Network. Folks, what's up? It's me. It's me. It is Gino B, Mr. Sensational, Gino Vega, coming to you with episode 34 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network. I guess that's where we're at, episode 34. Um, Happy to be here. Happy to be speaking with you once again. Sensationalizing tales of the everyday as I share with you stories, takes, observations, and more from my exceedingly mundane life as a schmo out here in the wine country of Northern California and the United States of America. Yes, folks, what a place to be. What a time to be alive And in all seriousness, uh, it's been kind of a nice time lately. We we shall see whether it is an enduring nice time or if it is a time where one existential shoe has been tossed to the floor and the second is uh, hanging above and we're in the apartment below waiting to hear that proverbial drop. Uh, yeah, that, that, this, uh, nice time goes, uh, both, uh, kind of locally and globally for me. Um, you know, globally, we're supposedly, uh, the, the, the wind down phase of this global pandemic. And that's how people appear to be taking it here in Napa, California. I was out and about Saturday evening and the place was so brick and packed downtown that I was actually having like kind of a claustrophobic panic attack because there were so many people and all of a sudden I realized, Oh, this is what it used to be like. Normally there were always a ton of people downtown on a Saturday. Um, most people masked and observing, uh, proper, you know, decency and, uh, social distancing, social distancing protocols, such as they are when people are mobbed up, uh, in the same place at the same time, whether or not that has any actual effect, God only knows, but it is at least a courteous look. Um, you will get the occasional, mutants and the occasional strange uh, Botox ladies who, I guess, don't want to mar their um, motionless uh, gaze with with a mask. I guess the motionless is the forehead, though, so I don't know why they don't want to cover that. Who knows? God only knows. But yeah, that's a type down here is the the Botox lady that cannot be bothered and her uh, her kind of belligerent looking uh, male... um, uh, what what's the word? Not counterpart. Partner. No, not partner. Um, companion. Companion. That's the word I'm looking for. Companion. There's usually the the resplendent Botox lady and her angry looking male companion, neither of whom are masked, kind of looking irritated at all the other peasants downtown who are masked and being courteous. That that agitates this type for reasons known only to them. But yes, I went out on Saturday night. Uh, Actually, I had kind of a full day on Saturday. Uh, Took a really long two-hour walk with uh, Ms. S., my wife, and Miss One, our 15-year-old daughter. 
Miss Two, our 12-year-old, generally uh, hand waves the walks. She's not about the walks. But the three of us took a long walk, came back, uh, drove out to the nearby town of Calistoga to get some ice cream. Uh, There's an ice cream brand called Three Twins that was around for a while. I don't know how deep uh, into the national market Three Twins ever penetrated, but they were around here in the North Bay area. They had a store in the downtown public market building here in Napa. Um, But Three Twins went out of business right at the beginning of the pandemic because apparently the ice cream business is rough and they weren't, they weren't cutting it. They weren't making it financially, even, uh, before the pandemic began. So they went out of business, but this place, the Calistoga Creamery, small little ice cream shop in Calistoga. I think one of the owners, one of the three twins themselves is also the owner of the Calistoga Creamery. So they have the three twins recipes. So many of the now missed three twins flavors are available at this uh, Calistoga Creamery. So we went over there, each grabbed a cone, came back, ditched the kids at home, Went downtown uh, here in Napa, which is where I saw the the millions of people all mobbed up, and uh, got a drink at this little out-of-the-way bar called Cadet that I'd always been wanting to go to even before the pandemic, never made it there, never made it there during the pandemic, but now that things are kind of loosening up, cases are just so low, uh, the little going out that I have done hasn't caught me the bug yet, so I'm, I, I feel comfortable with what little bit of going out outdoors I've been doing. Um, so we finally decided to check out Cadet. We know they've been struggling for business. Um, so we dipped in there, but it's this kind of place, I, the kind of place that I love because it reminds me of, um, some of you out there may know that I'm a huge proponent, a huge aficionado of the Sega Yakuza video games. And the Yakuza video games puts you controlling a character and a map based on, parts of Tokyo in Japan. And one of the things I've noticed with the uh, Tokyo um, cityscape is uh, Tokyo appears, at least virtually, um, to have a lot of businesses that are kind of strangely tucked away, like down a little corridor, down a weird little alley. Like you might not ever find it. You just kind of stumble across it. And it's almost like a dream. And that's how Cadet is. Cadet is like down this alley and around the way, and you don't really see it when you're walking by the busy street, but you see the sign. So you always kind of wonder what's down there. And you go down and there's this little, it's, it's basically this, essentially this little oasis down an alley that you would never know is there unless you kind of sought it out. And I'm, some could say that's that's bad for business, but for me, it kind of, it, it adds to the mystique of the place. It definitely enhanced the character. I mean, you can go get a beer anywhere in downtown Napa, but there was something something uh, charming about, about being in this little nooked alleyway. I felt like I should be going around looking for coin locker keys. That's a Yakuza thing. Oftentimes, the coin locker keys are found in those little out-of-the-way alleys and nooks and crannies of the city. But uh, in any case, uh, yeah, was out and about Saturday, and aside from masks and aside from a lot of seating being outdoors instead of indoors, it's basically like life is back to normal. And again, this could all be the calm before the storm and everyone drops dead tomorrow with some massive surge with crazy variants that affect everyone. But I just don't feel like that is necessarily the case. Uh, And that's not just based on strange YouTube gut mutant instincts. This is based on quite a bit of reputable uh, reading that I've been doing on the pandemic. Things do appear to be going in a positive direction. Uh, so many people I know are vaccinated at this point. Um, still waiting on it here. Uh, it, it's rich that there's people out there that actually don't want it. And I'm just sitting here like, you know, any day now, but any day now shall come and soon this shall pass. 
Um, and yeah, on the on the more local level, uh, if out and about in the cities, the global level, on the local level, uh, life here uh, in the in the sensational family has been going great. Uh, Santa Rosa house is in escrow, getting ready to move into the new manor. Uh, no complaints. Life is good, which I guess means something horrible is about to happen. We will see. I'll keep you posted. In the meantime, I'm just thrilled to be here speaking with you. This uh, episode uh, took a hit. <laughs> Again, I feel like I say this every week, but I had my whole recording time slot ready to go. Everything was great. I generally record the show on Tuesdays, send it over to IC Robots, and then he's got it posted by late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning. So the show, for all intents and purposes, comes out on Wednesdays. Had my Tuesday recording time slot all dialed up, ready to go, and then the day got away from me and I almost ran out of time slot entirely, managing to squeeze it in here, managing to make it happen for you, the listener, the tens of ones, um, I don't even, maybe the, the halves of ones, of te- wait, the, the fives of ones? Wait, is that less or one more? I don't know, I'm really bad at math. Point being, I'm here, you're here, maybe, I guess, who knows? Well, we'll we never, we will never know who's on the other end of this, uh, of this transmission. Um, truth be told, uh, I just do this show assuming both no one is listening and everyone is listening. Because the important thing to me is to as often as I can, as many weeks as I can, just uh, do it so that I am forcing myself to do something, something creative, at least once a week. And the rest of the time, I'll just fade away into the vegetation of my mind or something like that. Folks, I've been uh, a little bit bummed out lately. Um, I've been faced with sort of a quandary. And it's certainly a quandary that IC Robots has talked about in the past on either the IC Robots show or the Stuck at Home show. I can't remember when exactly this arc was going on. But it's the quandary of how to deal with and whether or not to keep and continue to engage with social media. And uh, I see robots had had some problems in the past um, with Facebook. I think his problems were more on a technical side of things because I think he was getting charged for uh, services that he wasn't uh, signing up for, something along those lines. My issues are a bit more sociological, but still leading me to a similar quandary of... To keep or not to keep the book of faces. So uh, I guess let me let me rewind a, a, just a, a little bit back, step a few steps back, and give you kind of my personal overview on social media. On one hand, I feel like there's so much pearl clutching and hand wringing about the evils of social media, particularly when it comes to like parents talking about their kids and. Uh, just in general, this idea that screen time is inherently bad, social media is inherently bad. To that, I say, no more, good sir. Please dial down that rhetoric. Because when I think about it, so many positives in my life have come by way of either social media or other digital platforms, uh, 
virtual or online communication. I've spoken about it on the show before. My entire, my, my family, my entire reason for being only exists due to uh, a precursor to social media, due to uh, modem use, modem using, bulletin board systems. Uh, my wife and I, Ms. S, met online. I really doubt we would have met otherwise, and it changed the course of both of our lives entirely. Entirely. Would not have happened with not, without screen time. Uh, my, the existence of this show, my, my continued uh, friendship with IC Robots, I don't think would have happened sans social media because we had kind of fallen out of contact in person. And then uh, our paths crossed once more years later on Facebook. And I have other people out there that I consider friends um, that I've never met in person or have met in person maybe once, maybe twice, uh, others I probably never will meet in person, that I do consider friends, that I met entirely from interacting online and in online forums, on Facebook, uh, through social media, chatter related to this show or to the IC Robots Network at large. Again, I've talked about all this before. While certainly, as with all tools, there are negatives, as with all tools, there are also positives, or these tools would not exist. The tool was created to accomplish something. The tool is not the thing in and of itself. Social media is a tool for communication. What you do with that communication is on you. Now, when we look at the dominant social media platforms currently in the marketplace, we have, I think it's fair to say, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I know there's others, but let's, those are the big three. Those are, those are the the Metallica, Anthrax, and Megadeth of uh, social media in 2021. Uh, I, and I know th this probably dates me. To me, the one I'm most comfortable with, the one I use the most, the one that I find the most utility out of is the much maligned Facebook. Now, I know many people have fled Facebook and hate Facebook for very good reasons, which we're about to get into here. Um, particularly just all of the fighting and the people crashing through walls, policing other people's comments and yelling at people, et cetera, et cetera, which has only gotten worse as the years have passed with this platform. Again, going to, uh, deep dive into this in a moment. Um, but at the same time, I feel like Facebook of all those platforms allows the most, uh, flexibility. Would you like to post a picture? You can do that. Would you like to post an essay? You can do that. Would you like to combine both? You can do that. Whereas Instagram is so superficial and just like the glossy pictures, uh, people are trying to put themselves in the best light possible, which I understand it has its place. But to me, that at a certain point, there's a limitation there. There's not for what I'm trying to get out of social media, which is to kind of meet new people, bounce ideas off people, learn what other people are doing, what other people's lives are about. You can do that a little bit with Instagram, but let's put it this way. I've never made a friend through Instagram. Uh, and then Twitter, I just don't understand. Twitter, Twitter's just beyond me. I don't understand all the subtweet this, tweet, quote, tweet, at this, that, the third. It's just this jumble of text that I can't really wrap my mind around. Every Once every six months or so, I try to fire up the Twitter machine and get all in on it. And I just cannot. Apologies to Matt Silver. Matt Silver, if you're out there um, fighting that good fight at Twitter, but I, it's, I, I don't understand it. It's not for me. And we're, we're, Twitter's like the old, I mean, Facebook's like the old person platform, hence why I'm on there. Instagram's like the, the millennial puff piece platform. Is Twitter like the, the engineer guy? And E-Nerd, you, you seem fairly comfortable on Twitter. Is Twitter like the engineer guy platform? Same thing with Matt Silver, who works at Twitter. Uh, maybe it's for the computer programmer guys understand it more. There's something about Twitter. I just cannot, 
can't follow how all the threads are supposed to work. It's not like boom, boom, chronological enough for me. Um, but anyway, so I find myself most comfortable on Facebook. Facebook's the one platform I've used to make friends that I've used to promote creative endeavors. Uh, the one that I get the most utility out of. But that said, I definitely understand why it is it is as maligned as it is because as such a versatile platform for communication, for all the good that can happen there, there's just so much bad that can and does go on on the Book of Faces. Uh, and again, I feel like this has reached a fever pitch lately. I feel like early on, like in my early days with Facebook, like probably 2009 or so, um, there was kind of a different kind of negative because people hadn't really uh, learned how to use the platform. Not that people can use it well now, but it was even worse back then. Myself being a huge offender of that. When I got on Facebook, I was like, oh, this is like a modern day version, a contemporary version of when I used to be on bulletin board system. But bulletin board systems, which were uh, message boards that you called into with a modem that someone locally, someone within your area code uh, was hosting. I mean, it could be someone from another area code, but generally people hung out on bulletin boards within the same area code. So there was a certain um, understood community to a degree. Plus, uh, bulletin board systems often were uh, themed, you know, like you'd have a Star Trek fan bulletin board system uh, or like a come chat about your personal problems with other modemers bulletin board system. And so you kind of, you knew what you were getting into when you called up one of these systems and it was generally unthinkable that you would call the modemers sharing their feelings bulletin board system and yell at them that they're not talking about Star Trek or vice versa. Like everyone was in their lane. Everyone could seek out the, the, the platform that worked for what they were looking for. Um, what I came to find really fast on Facebook is it was just a completely different world because a, it was literally everybody and B, uh, the bulletin board system, the early modeming days appealed to a certain kind of of mind, a certain kind of geek that sort of, uh, understood, um, I mean, it wasn't always perfect, but more so than just the average general population Facebook, uh, world understood kind of banter back and forth, not taking things totally literally, uh, the, the kind of the nuances of online communication where on Facebook is just so easy to get in these huge fights with people when you weren't even intending to, or step on people's toes or just like, Kool-Aid man crash through the wall and, and run all over someone else's um, conversation, then just look like a total idiot afterwards, or someone else does that to you and you get infuriated. So early on on Facebook, I learned to kind of ratchet myself back. You don't need to share your opinion with every single person that comes down the pike. You don't need to argue with everyone that you don't agree with. You kind of keep that stuff to yourself. Keep it a little closer to the vest. Kind of, at least for me, seek out pleasant interactions with um, people that you're on the same page with. Uh, except in the case of my friend Albert A, who I troll incessantly on Facebook, and Albert, I I apologize. I really need to need to pull that one back. I I, I don't know what what comes over me, but I just trolling Albert is just it's cross platform for me. I troll him on Twitter too. I, I said I don't understand how to use Twitter. The one thing I figured out how to do on there is to troll poor Albert. So Albert, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, but I do feel like Facebook in general has kind of been tamed from the Wild West days where you don't see as many, don't see as many dust-ups where you want to throw out the proverbial Michael Jackson eating popcorn meme and sit back and watch strangers uh, who are, have a mutual friend just yell at each other and get all personal. That doesn't happen as often. But what I've noticed, there's been just a proliferation of it. And again, totally on me. I'm the one that needs to adjust my behavior. But 
nowadays, if you ever make the mistake of clicking on any kind of post from any kind of public entity, like whether it's a sports team you follow, makes a social media post on Facebook, a video game that you play, their developers make a post on Facebook, just instantly the comments are all of these people just whining, complaining, dumping all over whatever the entity is that's posting. And it's really started to bum me out. Um, some of it is directly mutant related. A lot of it uh, dovetails with uh, kind of knuckle dragging Trumpism because it's impossible to talk about anything human without offending a mutant, it seems like. And then they want to argue about how you're a radical socialist. Uh, but part of it is just a general negative tenor. And I'll, I'll give an example. Like uh, um, I got this game for my PlayStation 4, a game called Super Mega Baseball 3. Fun little game by a small developer, total little engine that could uh, situation, a game that just totally overachieves and overdelivers beyond what such a small uh, studio should be able to put out. Uh, I don't know, it was probably 30 or 40 bucks like video games are. Pennies on the dollar, considering how many times I've played it. And I don't even play it that much, but I've still, I've, I've played it so many times. I've spent so many hours playing that game that it's literally come out to pennies on the dollar. Um, but whenever that developer posts about the game, it's just endless whining, complaining. Why didn't you add this feature? Why didn't you do that? Why did it come, take so long to come out? Why isn't there a new one yet? Why did you charge money for it? This is a money grab. They're in it for the money. Folks, they're a video game developer making a video game for sale. They are trying to make money so they can make more video games. How hard is that to understand? But it's just this real grueling uh, negativity of people who aren't doing anything themselves just dumping all over everything anyone else is trying to do. And it's really, really uh, uh, demoralizing. And I wonder if this is just something that I'm noticing more lately, if this is just a, have, has always been a cultural meme. And I guess it has to a degree. You just don't see it and is distilled a form now that anyone and their mother can at any given time comment on any, anything and everything online. But I guess I would just implore folks to... Maybe ratchet that back a little bit if you have those feelings inside you. And maybe just take a moment to, to go out there and look for something like positive you can say about something that someone else has done. Uh, throw a bone, man. Because it, it's hard to just... Uh, and th this is... I'm not even talking about like that I created something and I feel bad because people are, are uh, dogpiling on it. I'm looking at stuff other people are doing and feeling bad that other non-actors are dogpiling all over it. It's, just, it's really sad. But... Where it starts to take a particularly insidious turn is when you're confronted with a case of these non-doers, these non-actors who are in such a position of entitlement that they are spewing their negativity all over something where there's actual, like, real sociological consequences. And I'll give you an example. I saw a social media post from the Major League Baseball Oakland Athletics team account on Facebook recently. And it was a post congratulating an individual who has been hired to be the Oakland A's new uh, public address announcer going forward. Uh, 
you know, the person that uh, mans, or in this case, woman's the microphone. Notice that that uh, slip of the tongue there. That'll come into uh, play here in a moment. But the person behind the microphone uh, who's like, Mal Batting, first baseman, Scott Hatterberg. You know, that person. That, and it's the same voice, you know, that does that for every game, every home game, for every team. I don't mean they do it for every team in Major League Baseball, but every Major League Baseball team has a person. That's the voice behind the speaker when you're there live at a home game. Um, So the A's hired a new public address uh, announcer. This person happened to be a woman. Should not be controversial in the slightest. It's not the first woman to ever be a public address announcer. It's a person that the team hired, and they put out a social media statement that we've hired this new employee of consequence. Here you go, fans. Immediately. Immediately, we see an influx of dudes losing their crap because somehow this is offensive that uh, the team announced that they hired this person who's a woman. This was somehow, uh, what's the term that these people use? The virtue signaling? That they hired a woman to be the public address uh, announcer. Now, you might say, Gino V, big deal. These dudes have a right to their opinion. They have a, a right to unfettered expression, to say whatever they want about whatever they want. And true, they do. But they also then have the right to bear the consequence of what other more fully developed human beings think about their strange mutant ranting. But I also find it strange, though at the same time telling, that Oftentimes when you see this kind of social media outrage over some underrepresented group being thrown some minor bone with a social media post, uh, the people who are outraged are never part of that underrepresented group. They are often dudes. I won't leave it at that, but they're often dudes, uh, particularly in the case of anything online having to do with women or women's uh, treatment in the world, women's treatment in the country, women's sociological sociological issues facing women, uh, you see a lot of, let's get some more dudes up in here to give their opinion. And to be so unself-reflective that you wouldn't understand that it wasn't necessarily your place, your spot to have the opinion on this one. Uh, uh, maybe some people who aren't dudes got this one, bro, you know, uh, that, that you just wouldn't see anything wrong with that. That speaks directly to the reason why underrepresented groups need to be thrown a bone once in a while. But I want to get my perspective as a dude. Let's get one more dude up in here. Uh, speaking on a show that I think if I understand my, uh, my demographics correctly, uh, goes out primarily to dudes. Um, just to, to put in perspective, a little soul searching I did when thinking about this topic. And it's something that we all, I think, uh, male presenting folks, uh, would do well to heed, to keep in mind, to think as they, they go out into the world and bring their own baggage into the world and, and interact with other people that may not be, uh, socially presenting the same as them out in the world. Uh, but in any case, Prior to that uh, public address announcement hire post, the A's had had another post a while back. And I think it was, uh, what is it, like International Women's Day or something? And they had a post, uh, you know, thanking the women of the A's. And I had a picture of all these different women and their names. 
And th- this immediately, you know, uh, the uh, the dudes were up in here, up in arms, giving their opinion about why this was this was just the worst thing that had ever befallen the world, the biggest infringement upon their existence, that there was, A, that there was such a thing as International Women's Day, um, because when's International Men's Day? And then, B, that the A's were making this post. So, to me, for to be perfectly honest, I'm neither here nor there with, with days. I could care less. Like, I, I, I don't... Uh, I like celebrating Christmas with my family. I like celebrating New Year's with my family. That's about it for me for holidays. Um... Not a birthday guy. I mean, put on birthdays for the kids, but I, me personally, as an adult person, I, I don't really care about my birthday. I don't care about Father's Day. I don't care about any of those days that pertain to me. If you care about the ones that pertain to you, more power to you. But my point is, it, it's a, it's a alien concept to me. Just a in general that you would be angry that some other group had a day. Who cares? But beyond that, I want to point out what first crossed through my mind when I saw that uh, thank you to the women of the A's post that speaks to exactly why some of these underrepresented groups probably benefit from having these designated days and designated points of remembrance and expression. So, you know, I live in a matriarchal household. I have made certain decisions in my life, um, not to live up to, uh, total textbook gender, uh, roles and stereotypes, mainly because, uh, my family life is more important to me than any sociological norms. So for our family, it's like each person does what they can to contribute to the overall mission of us maximizing the amount of time that we all have to kick back together and not being stuck out in the world doing stuff we don't want to do. So um, that being said, Ms. S is infinitely more skilled than I am at being out in the world generating income. So uh, that's what she does. And I'm at home doing homemaking stuff. Um, I put that out there to point out that I'm hardly Archie Bunker over here. But the first thing that flashed in my mind when I saw thank you to the women of the A's was there's no women on the A's. As a 44-year-old male who watches baseball, that was the first involuntary thing that flashed in my mind. There's no women on the A's. But duh, you moron. Of course there's women behind the A's. Of course, in the hundreds of positions, uh, you know, in the, in the office, behind the scenes, uh, making this sports franchise run, of course women work for the A's. But that's how blind I was to this fact, and that's how seeing this stupid little social media thing actually jogged that for me. Slap across the face, oh yeah. Oh yeah, there are women who work for the A's. So that didn't make me angry. That actually made me uh, realize I needed to uh, adjust how I see the world, adjust how I think about things. And that, I feel, is the responsible adult reaction. When you are part of a dominant or overrepresented group and it's suddenly brought to your attention how much you are overlooking the contributions and... uh, unseen labor of an underrepresented group. No need to get angry. No need to get defensive. No need to be offended. Just be like, oh, wow, I hadn't thought of that. What an idiot. All right, I'm on board now. I get it. But I guess in a world of ranting, raving extremes, that kind of balanced approach, it's probably too much to ask for or to hope for. But I will ask and hope all the same. Uh, 
and in the meantime, yeah, I still I have no idea what to do about Facebook. I, I am really at wit's end being exposed to this kind of stuff on a daily basis. At the same time, I have people out there, I have good old Albert A, who I've got a troll who I, I'm just not going to see at all if I'm not on social media. So I guess trolling Albert A wins. Folks, I got more thoughts um, along these lines that maybe I will share at a later date. But for now, uh, it's been a show. It's been real. I can't believe I managed to pull this off. I am My, my window is like literally closing in seconds, and I'm signing off in seconds. So... Uh, for me, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, this is episode 34 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network, and I am signing off. Billy Rock,